This is what renting furniture with Feather looks like. Pieces that fit your style and your space and cost less than your monthly phone bill. Oh, and did we mention delivery and assembly included? Feather. Start renting at livefeather.com. Hello and welcome to this week's Wolves Fancast. Richard Hobbs here. Oh, life's better when Wolves win, isn't it? Um, joining me on today's pod, just after the recording, uh, just after a win against Crystal Palace, we've got Stu. Ooga. We've got Luke. Hey, Dean, you're right. <laughs> I'm doing okay, actually, Luke. <laughs> only a few, right. only a few. I will say, just, me, just eight. A, a peep behind the curtain. I've had about three technical difficulties getting this pod done, and I'm almost at breaking point at this uh, at this level. So if something crashes now, I, I will sack in this pod if it just kind of cuts halfway through, which we've never done on a podcast before. Uh, we've also got Dan with me. Hello, everyone. Happy Friday. And we've also got a special guest oh, on today. No. We've got Kim Smith. Kim, how are you? Hi. Thanks for having me on. We'll get right into the uh, Crystal Palace game. But first, the Wolves game was the only fixture on Friday night, um, but it was still the uh, pay-per-view um, Sky BT package as part of the, the whole Project Restart side of things. So uh, what Kim set up uh, was a Just Giving page to raise money for a local uh, food bank so that fans could almost protest the pay-per-view package, but also making sure that... Um, you know, that, that money was going to a just cause in the region. Um, so, Kim, Kim, what kind of, I guess, motivated you and what kind of um, gave you kind of the idea to um, start the project? Um, so it, 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 it came initially from seeing on Twitter, um, Newcastle had started a campaign, which was pretty early in the early stages. Um, and I thought, well, I haven't seen um, a Wolves one on the Twitter at the moment so why not why not just start it and and see where we go so initially I set a target of a thousand pounds um and decided that we should contact the Well Wolverhampton and donate all funds to that and they agreed that they would be more than happy um to help me set up the campaign so I set up the campaign and sort of 10 days later we're on nine and a half k um so yeah it's been quite unbelievable especially today you know we've raised sort of more more than 2k in a day um yeah i'm quite in shock to be honest no i think it's uh, i think it's sort of an incredible testament to it all isn't it yeah i'm just just so pleased that a lot of wars fans have kind of engaged with the campaign shared a lot of um tweets facebook posts and just got got the message out there really um you know I don't really have the Twitter reach to get to to get to you know thousands of Wolves fans um but just with everyone's help we've just managed to really get the message out there lots of journalists plugging it 
radio wm express and star so yeah it's been really 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 good no, I think sort of we don't think are going going on at the moment, and uh, you know that um, the the lobbying that Marcus Rashford's been doing it's something that seems to definitely be resonating with a lot of people at the moment, and you know it's great to see Wolves fans sort of back, backing it in numbers. I say sort of um, n- nearly you know ten thousand pounds raised is a is a fantastic achievement in a couple of weeks, and you know it. I guess it makes almost a lovely segue into the fact that you know it's a shame that. Um, a number of fans have probably missed out on watching the game today. Um, so, so at the start, Wolves ran out 2-0 winners um, against Crystal Palace in probably what was, at least in the first half, our most complete performance of the season. Um, it started with a debut goal from Rayan 8 Nori, if I've got that pronunciation right, um, followed up uh, with a, a second goal of the season from Daniel Podent. And it was almost a bit classic Nuno from when we were in the championship, um, but we ended up sort of um, managing out the second half of the game to be 2-0 winners. Um, I'll pass over to Stu first. So, Stu, overall thoughts on the game? What would you think when you first saw the lineup? Excitement, more than anything else. I mean, I was one of the unfortunate ones who had to kind of talk about Newcastle last week and what an absolute shit show that was. And so whatever happened, happened. And all week I've been down on Wolves. I wasn't looking forward to it until that lineup. And I thought, wow. I mean, maybe it was forced on because um, we saw Marcel was injured before and when it was strange that that was just put out on his Instagram before the, the lineup came out. Maybe it was a kind of, this this is the reason take a bit of pressure off the kid, but we all how many of us watched that game against PSG where they got dicked six nil, but he was probably their best player on the pitch. And I thought, well, okay, we've got a left back that's kind of the equivalent of Samedo on the right, going especially going forward. And then Yeah, the I mean I was saying then the game started and within minutes you could see how good he was. Yeah. I mean, he seems to just be the, dare I say, almost the complete package. It was like Vinagra, but with end product. He, the way he could sort of just, you know, his technique was flawless. I now have a cat trying to join us for the podcast. Uh, Luke, what did you think of uh, RAN? Um, off, <clears throat> me. I thought he was fantastic. I mean, considering how, is he 18 years of age? 19. His first game, 19, first game in the Premier League, handled it superbly. Um, I mean, with all due respect to Crystal Palace, that actually wasn't too bad going forward. So it, 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 even though the game felt comfortable, he still had a lot to do. Um, and he did it well. He, you know, he looks comfortable on the board. He knows his position. He knows his role. Uh, technically, looks very good. Um, I thought all over the pitch today, though, I did think we looked technically better than Crystal Palace. I thought we looked fitter, we looked sharper, we looked more determined. Um, so again, I think whilst Alton Al- Al- Nori played well on his debut, I think it was an absolutely fantastic team performance today. And eight or nine players, you'd probably rate eight plus. I thought that there's a, more than a handful that was fantastic today. Yeah, I think sort of definitely for that first, well, Throughout the first half, they played with a lot more tempo, and it, 
almost for things that you can't necessarily judge in terms of stats, you know, and how quickly they're moving the ball and how they're creating space for one another. I mean, yeah. I, I... Sorry, if I could just put in, I think... Go. We picked up on the tempo, um, first half against Leeds, and it was yeah. slow. Yeah. Any second balls, um, we wasn't pressing very high up the pitch. Today, we saw the complete opposite. And that's got to be one of the best first half performances I've seen from Wolves in in a good couple of years. Um, we just looked like a different team when we played that way. And it was a, it was a, do you know what? It was a fantastic half of football to watch from both teams because, I mean, Palace looked look half decent. I mean, the, the goal that they had disallowed, fantastic build up play. Um, it was a brilliant game of football to watch when we've watched Wolves before. And we, we control the game to be boring. Yeah. And it, it was completely different. And it, honestly, I, I really, really enjoyed tonight's game. Fantastic. I would play 15 quid for it, like, but it was a fun. <laughs> no, I think um, it, 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 it's almost the performance we've been crying out for that. You know that we we know we have got those players and to to really make a difference. And Dan, you, you'll appreciate this that um, a, a fellow short king in Daniel Podence again got got on the got on goal um, got on the score list. But also, I thought it was all round play. I thought you know yeah he, he had that you know shot uh, before we scored where he sort of just cut inside on his right foot and just tried to bend one round the keeper. And we, we've not been doing well at creating chances this season and. He seems to be someone who's not afraid to have a shot. I mean, I did put out the, the tweet, Daniel, sex on legs, Podence during the match, because at the moment he is just a joy to watch. He, he reminds me of me in my prime <laughs> years. Just his, his low centre of gravity, the way he can use both feet. He, he's, he's always direct. He, he can find a pass. And I think for the first time this season, we've had four wide players who are direct and want to create chances instead of having, you know, I can't knock the blow. Remain safe. He's been a makeshift wing back the last few games, but it just ruins our uh, philosophy of how we try and play. Cody was moving the ball quickly, wide, using those diagonals well today. I think we're, we're all close to running out superlatives for... For Ryan Aitken, Nori, I thought he looked mature beyond his years tonight. I, I, I said he was a regen Vicente Lizarazu. He was that short on the ball. <laughs> and I think he could be a future captain of France. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, it almost seems like a, a, an underestimate, understatement for you, Dan, but... Um, Kim, I was going to say, I won't ask you whether you saw the game or not, so we don't end up having to um, sort of hire any fan cast lawyers. No, um, I did. I actually went out to watch the game, supported my local bar. Fantastic. Because bars don't actually have to pay. They get theirs for free. So I supported Brilliant. my local bar, watched the whole game. Great picture. And I think the wing-backs actually made the difference in comparison to Newcastle. The tempo was faster. I was actually entertained for the first 45 minutes. I mean, in comparison to the Newcastle game where it was slow and it was like literally nothing happened. We actually created actual chances. We weren't just dancing around the box like we were against Newcastle. Um, and I agree with all the comments like um, the new left back. I'm not going to try and pronounce his name. 
um, he was probably the difference. And it's, it's scary to think that one player, I think, would make the difference in comparison to the Newcastle game, but I think he did. Um, I think that he enabled both Samedo and Outnori to sort of get forward and... I think Palace almost just didn't know how to handle them. And then that meant that Neto and Pedence were sort of could run riot. And yeah, I think other than that, I suppose Neves was probably the standout player, really sort of dictating the tempo, I would say, um, and getting the ball out to the wing backs. So overall, I think, yeah, as you guys said, couldn't ask for more for a first half performance, especially from walls because we're definitely not used to seeing that that good a performance in the first half and then with the two goals as well so yeah really really pleased. I mean, you, had, you had that situation as well with Cody was pinging balls out to the, the right then yeah. Neves was pinging balls out to the left and we haven't had that for months on end <laughs> even when when Johnny was fit that had kind of like died down a bit we I think we tried to, but it was all too slow. Yeah. And Stace never looked sort of comfortable playing left back. And although he did a job against Leeds, but we were on the back foot for the whole time. So I think this was definitely the game to bring the new left back in. Um, and I think, yeah, to be honest, I think that's what made the difference. Although, to be fair, the whole team played well, I thought. Yeah. It felt like... I'm sorry, can I, can I make a, just a quick disagreement to that? Ryan Ait Nori should have started the Newcastle game and it was ridiculous that he wasn't when Newcastle was so decimated of a squad and you look back again come the end of the season if we haven't broken the top six and we've lost it by two points again like last season you'll look at that game and that'll be a reason why we didn't get top six (laughs) 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 positively turned a bit hasn't it but um... right and another thing (laughs) teams that play 4-4-2 4-4-2 against Wolves will get punished by the, by the way that we play with our wing-backs and high-wide men. You can't play four in midfield against Wolves because we'll outpass you in the centre and get our wide men into play, which then creates chances to get the extra man in midfield into the box with Raul. Crystal Palace, as, as good as we were in that first half, they played into our hands with their formation and lack of wide men who were willing to do the tracking back that's required to stifle our wing-backs. Yeah, but Dan... If you- Go back five days, they would have done their job because we had no width and we had no movement. And I think that was the difference. And I, I Nori, like Kim said, I, Nori was so much of a difference because the amount of movement that kid was, he was everywhere. He was popping up here, out there, and everywhere. He was giving up options. I and mean, he was doing it, and then everyone was copying him. And you think it's just, at least amazing that one, one player can make such a difference, like Kim said, that. He was doing it, then Samado was doing it on the other side, and even Neves was dropping off, receiving a pass, and then pinging it wide. He wasn't doing that last week. And so I think if if he wasn't there, even if Marcel was playing, I don't think the tempo would have been as, as good as it was tonight because he kind of... It's mad that he's a 19-year-old kid who's played 20 games that season who's come in and transformed the team so much in the space of half an hour in that first half. <laughs> but he's... He, like you're saying, his pace... And so even his pace, it's just his his enthusiasm more than anything else. It was infectious and it rubbed off on everyone else. You could see he always wanted to be involved, especially yeah. with pressing. Um, he didn't allow anyone any time on the ball. And, and like you said, it was infectious because then Neves would press just as quick. Then Dendonka was, was pressing just as quick. 
and he changed the tempo of the whole thing. I mean, whether that's actually come from the young left-back or Nuno said, we start with a higher tempo today. I suppose we'll never know. But he did set the tone in that sense. I think it's a bit of both. And I, I, I did a, I had a quick chat with the guys at Anfield Rap um, yesterday about, about Wolves and said, we can't miss Johnny, not necessarily because of how quick he is, but how he can sort of pass and move and open up the play. And it almost felt like um, REM was doing that for us today. But he had that speed and impetus, which Vinagra has, but has never sort of properly utilised. And, you know, it's been probably the most frustrating thing watching his development slow down that he's not really maximised it but you can just see from this lad that he knows what he's doing with the ball at his feet but he's also got it between the ears as well and he knows where he needs to be to create that space and you say it, it almost feels like it's a bit of a um, you know a knock-on effect so that creates space for Nevers if that gives him an extra half an yard that means he can spare out a smader who then gets the extra space and you know, that, that that space breeds confidence in our players more than anything else. And, you know, we've been crying out for Semedo to try and break through those lines more consistently, and he did that as well. Um, you know, so I think definitely first half, you know, the wing-backs clicked, the forward line clicked, you know, for, for the second goal for opponents. You know, all three of them were involved in terms of making movement. And Neto, you know, were a really great cross right across the six-yard box. You know, if it wasn't going to be Jimenez, it's going to be Podence on the uh, you know, on the far post, and it's what you want from a front three, isn't it? Um, you know, with wide player crossing it in and having your two of us um, there and ready to pounce on it. Yeah, I mean, again, when you're saying like that, that, that's the first time we've had that many players in the box yeah. in probably about <laughs> ten months. And there was times as well when when Jimenez was on the left left wing and Neto was through the middle. That would never have happened. I know we said that Nuno is so stubborn and rigid with formations and you stay and you do, you do your jobs and you don't move. They move tonight. I think that's that's what tore Palace apart. I don't think they, they expected it. It just felt like everyone was sort of stretching their neck more to get in the box. I think in compared to compared to the Newcastle game where we were literally playing around the box, no one was making sort of any movements, in my opinion. And yeah, today it just felt like we were giving that extra sort of 10% to really bust our net to get in the box and sort of create those proper clear-cut chances. Yeah, like that, like the, the Dendonka one in the second half, and we'll come yeah. to in a bit, but how much of the pitch he, he just ate up and just his weird running style, which is still not normal. Um, it's like a chicken on acid. And he, was, he, should have, he should have buried that chance. But the fact that he got in the box... Matino and Neves wouldn't yeah. have done that. I mean, we've said over and over again on here that it's Dendonka plus one. And for now, we've kind of seen it, that the potential he's had all along. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think, in my opinion, you know, Wolves are at least the seventh best team in this division. At least. I, you know, how many of the teams in the, you know, the 12 places below, 13 places below... Do you actually fear really punishing us if we are if we commit that extra player forward or those extra two players forward? Because don't get me wrong, Paris have got a, you know a couple of really good players, and on a different day, they might have um, capitalised. And you know, we'll talk about a couple of the things that happened um, shortly. But you know, there's no reason why we can't have you know three forwards, you know, 
um, in the box, but also having at least one fullback as well, one wing back, maybe even both of them, really kind of pegging teams back. And, you know, I was going to say, funnily enough, for once, VAR was our side. And came to you. So, uh, what you know, a lot of players I thought put in a really good performance. One player who I don't think was quite at the racist day was Big Willie Bolly, who, if it wasn't for um, Jeffrey Schlupp being, you know, a leg offside, would have been given away a penalty. Um, Dan, what, what did you think of Bolly tonight? I think his performance tonight has been pretty much. Bolly's level for a, a good few months now, to be honest. He hasn't looked his, looked his assured self. I don't know whether the fact that he's not in that left centre-back position anymore, he just finds himself um, maybe a bit more open to being attacked at, or maybe he's just his concentration levels just aren't there like they should be. He hasn't looked assured for, for a good while. At one time, I would have said he was one of the sort of top 10 best centre-backs in the world for what he could do, bringing the ball out and and actually shielding strikers away from the ball. But I, I thought he's looked nervous and a bit reckless at times in the last few months. It'll, it'll come good again, but um, his, his place isn't as uh, solid as I, I once thought. I think if anyone's getting oh. close on defence at the minute, it's Bolly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, you know, look at... Uh, um, Max... Max. It almost didn't sort of just didn't seem out of place, did it? He just played and did well, got another another kind of clean sheet, another good performance from him as well. He's just the perfect man. I bet, <laughs> you, I bet you he can sing as well. I bet yeah, he's got the voice of an angel, I'm telling you. Do you reckon he can spit some bars? No, I reckon he's he's one of them soothing a cappella acoustic singers. Like okay. who? Well, give us a bar. I don't I don't know who can sing like I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I bet you, 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 you he was he lived in a seven bed, five bathroom house in the middle of middle sex or something. Probably went to a private school where you have to pay about twelve grand a term. Never had a detention in his life. I bet he's been chiseled by God himself. Perfect body. He's probably smells amazing every minute of every day. And he can sing. So you're saying that Max Kilman is really the footballing Michael Ball? <laughs> yeah, he's a footballing Michael Ball. Wasn't there a footballer called Michael Ball? Yeah, Sunderland. I was going to say, wasn't he a left back? Yeah. Man City. yeah. Max Kilman is the next James Bond. <laughs> yeah, he, he could play James Bond. It's cause, is that because he kills men? <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm, assuming that's just an, I'm, I'm assuming that's just an audio lag is why the, the laughter was delayed. It's fine, it's fine. Uh, so, I mean, on to the second half, and it was almost a bit of a subdue affair in, some, in many ways. So Wolves had the lead, and it was almost just making sure they could see the game out. They started a few chances. Um, as you mentioned, sort of Dendonga got forward. Jimenez had a couple of chances as well. Um and I, I guess sort of the main sort of incident from the uh, second half was um, the sending off because it it felt like it took forever to um, sort of come through. And when him, uh, sorry, when Martino was kind of getting treatment for his injury, I was like, oh, it was a late challenge. And 
it's almost one of those the more you saw it the more you realized actually it was a really dangerous late challenge yeah for i mean me being what you've all termed as var nonce in the group chat um (laughs) you can just remove the var Stuart. it's all right (laughs) there's there's many things we call you (laughs) it's it was it was one of them where I've, I don't think I've seen that before where he cl- quite clearly won the ball, which doesn't matter, obviously. But the only reason he, he touched Matinho was because his foot slipped over the top of the ball. Well, he came up from the other side of the ball. It wasn't even, it wasn't a bad challenge to start with and it was more accidental, but rules are rules, I suppose. But and I said this to Andy that, that earlier on that I thought if there was fans there, that would have been done way quicker. I think he was just mm-hmm. taking his time because why not? Why wouldn't you? I mean, he even kind of strolled off the pitch when he did the kind of... He didn't do the, the uh, TV symbol properly, did he? He's like, nah. <laughs> like, oh, okay, I'll have a stroll. One thing I, I was going to say, one thing I did find enjoyable um, when Mihailovic got sent off is because they obviously have this COVID protocol, the away team don't come out for tunnel, do they? And there was a split second where it's like, well, where do I go? So he ended up sort of going into the stands. And like, Palmer was like, but... Uh, where, when you bump into the fans, when they it's like ah oh, no nobody's there. Like he ended up sort of, you know, must have ended up sort of in sort of the Billy Wright just by the um, executive boxes. I was like, I hope that they continue that when fans are back. Yeah, imagine all them kids in the Billy Wright family enclosure giving it loud to an opposition player who's just been sent off. Be amazing. I, 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 it, it very just much reminded me. Sorry. Yeah. I don't know, Everton, for example, just seeing like Phil Walcott fly kick a child in the face. He's been <laughs> giving him loads as he's been sent off. It, it what, doesn't... We watch football for. Don't pretend yeah. that we watch it for the goals or whatever. We watch it for the controversy. And that would be, everyone would love that. Well, there, would be, there would be because Theo Walcott at Southampton, which would be even more incredible. Oh, God, yeah. That's how much I know about football. <laughs> <laughs> you see it for a controversy, Luke. It's fine. It's fine. Um, I guess on, on the whole, it, it, you know, it was just what the doctor ordered. It was a good first half performance. It got fans off their seats. Um, and we, we kind of rode out the second half relatively comfortable by the end of it. Um, I, I guess sort of to surround up, who would everyone give their uh, man of the match to? We'll start with Luke. Ooh. I'll give it. I want to give it to Alton Eight Nuri on his debut. Young lad, got his goal, played well. Yeah, Stu, same or easy really. I mean, he was superb. He changed everything. Ryan Eight Nuri. Well, that's two different pronunciations so far. Dan, <laughs> how about you? I'm just gonna be awkward like normal. And I'm going to give it to Pedro Neto. I thought he was electric this evening. Constant threat. Should have had more than one assist. Obviously, he got the assist for Podens. I thought Den Donker should have buried the chance that he put in. He was having an absolutely amazing ball that Neto put in for Den Donker in the second half. And I don't care if Jota scores again this weekend for Liverpool. <laughs> this kid is the future. Vote Pedro Neto. Kim, how about yourself? Well, for me, it's between Neves and El Nore. Um, I think Neves really showed off what he's all about today. I think he really 
sort of run the run the game almost, um, dictate the tempo. But I would probably give it to El Nori just because of the sort of impact that he'd had um, in comparison to how we were the Newcastle game. I think he really lifted the team. So yeah, El Nori for me. Do you think that Neves is, Neves is back to his best now? He's grown his hair again. Yes, I have a theory about that. I will touch on the following Twitter corner though, because uh, someone's asked, "Do we? Do we? Uh, I can't. I can't remember who it was, but do we think he's growing it into a ponytail? I just think he's just going to grow it rugged and long and wild, and he tends to play better when his hair is longer." Is I, I don't feel like he's ever going to cut it. I've just got that feeling. I feel like it'll just... It'll just Until he scores. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm, I'm, was it, I don't know if it was in our group chat or something I saw on Twitter, someone has a theory he's not going to cut his hair until he scores. <laughs> um, which I, I kind of... Prob- problem is it's like, it, you always get the best of both worlds that will kind of go through a stage of, you know, we all had it during lockdown. Well, some of us did, I know Dan and Stu didn't. Um, but, you know, where we have the opportunity to um, have our hair slightly longer. And, you know, he's getting to live that right now and experience that wonderful journey. But you also know at the end of it, if it's a Nevers goal, it's going to be a blinder. So, it, you know, uh, that, if it does end, it's going to end in a nice way. And he's going to end up looking like Jon Snow at that point as well. So everyone's a winner. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, we'll um, cover the, we'll preview the Leicester game and we'll go through Twitter Corner just after this. Hi, Richard here. Before you go back to hearing us dissect the latest Wolves news, some really shoehorn Simpsons references, a bit of 90s film action, of course, a bit of wrestling. Um, I just want to do a quick shout out for our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. Now, they've done a fantastic job on the Wolves Fancast website, wolvesfancast.com, please go check it out. But they're not just web designers, they're a creative agency that cover all your design needs from websites, brochures and signage to marketing, logo design and branding. There's basically nothing they can't do marketing wise. So make sure you check them out at pixelyetimedia.com and I'll let you get back to enjoying the show. Welcome back. So next Sunday, Wolves will be playing Leicester City at two o'clock. I think it's going to be a really interesting game because I have this thing with Leicester City that I know that there seems to be a perception, particularly from the media, that they're better than they are. And I'm usually sorry who's fairly balanced, but I don't think that they're, they're any better than Wolves. I didn't think it last season. Um, and Genuinely, I think if you asked most pundits, they'd probably argue that Leicester are better than Wolves or even bigger than Wolves. And I'm just not buying it. Even this season, we had a couple of good wins at the start of the season. But I think, you know, on paper and going toe-to-toe, I think Wolves have the, you know, the better and stronger team. Um, That's probably about as a forefront a statement I've ever said on this podcast. (laughs) Um, and probably not what our host should be saying. Um, so apologies to our former leader on that. But guys, what do we think? I was going to say, what what do we think of uh, what do we think of Leicester? <laughs> Next, come on. Who cares? I think the only sort of player that we're missing to really push our team on is, like I've said before, James Madison or Jack Grealish type in midfield. Jamie Vardy could be in the same sort of goal tally, what, what Jimenez is going to end up with. But I think that attacking number 10 is the only thing that we're missing. And James Madison is that link between the two. But overall, I think we've got a better squad. 
I think we'll go further than them this season. I think they'll they'll struggle in Europe come the end of the season, and we'll finish above them by about nine points. You reckon? Yeah. Vardy's yeah. going to get back on the WKD soon, and then they'll start struggling. <laughs> I mean, I, I was never convinced with them last season either, and VAR saved them. Well, they didn't save them because VAR is the truth. Let's just put it there. Um, now they're, they're just they're flat to deceive, and that, that run they had at the end of last season where they, they, they creeped over the line to achieving something out of when they should have done a lot better with the start that they, they had. They're just... They're, and it's because it's a bit of Brendy Rogers and it's another media darling eight. That's more than another thing from a few years ago, obviously, when they deservedly won the league, which is fair play, obviously. But no, I think they're more of a... You look at that team and... The, like Dan said, apart from Madison, you wouldn't really say anyone else would get in our squad. I don't know. On our day, like the first half hour this today, whenever Friday, whenever you listen to this, that first half hour, none of the none of their players other than Madison would fit in that the way that we played today. Madison won't fit in how we played today. That's what I'm saying. But the way that we play, yeah. apart from Madison, you could substitute Dendogna for Madison and play slightly different, but let's see, he's a bit more dynamic. But you look at all the... Tielemans wouldn't work, really. Tielemans would be an absolutely fantastic addition for us. Tielemans went for 40 million. Is he really paid that off? Oh, yeah. Come on. Nobody can pay attention to transfer fees anymore. Well, yeah, I was going to say, let, let's not stay out because I can feel us going down a Fabio Silva rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Really fantastic. not careful. Tillman, um, absolutely fantastic. I, I look at Leicester and I put them in the exact same category as us. Sort of six, seven, eight. But they've got the potential to ruffle feathers and upset the big boys like we have. And do you know what? I haven't got any particular soft spot for Leicester. I mean, they're a bit of a nothing club while I was growing up. But I'd love it if they, along with us, broke into the top four this season. Because with the way it's going, it's possible. Imagine the top four of, say, Liverpool, us, Leicester and Man City. Get rid of Man U, Arsenal, Tottenham, Chelsea. Fuck all them off. You know, like Leicester. And I think Leicester actually play good football. Quite free-flowing, attacking, attack-minded. Um get goals, and then decent at the back as well. I, I think it, it'll be, it should be a good game to watch, to be fair. If we if we play with the tempo we started with today, because Leicester all fucking match us, it'll be a really entertaining game to watch. And that, so, that's money on nil-nil. That's the issue there, that it's if which Wolves turn up, yeah. and if the, the Wolves that we've seen that have proved themselves to, on today, Friday, um, in this game tonight, when we're more than a match for anyone, and we've we've shown that in the last two and a half years in the Premier League that we're more than a match for anyone. I think Leicester fans will probably say the same. I was Arsenal away one nil, beat Man City five two, but then didn't they lose three nil to West Ham, similar to us? Lost to Villa one nil at home. Was it? Was it at home? Gilbert Street. I nearly called it then. <laughs> What's it called? The Walker Stadium still. Not the King Power now. Fucking hell. Um, King Power. <laughs> So, so they've been a bit up and down, haven't they, as well? But I think I do think they've got the potential to finish top six and maybe push top four along with us. Very, very similar. Kim? It's not that I've not been listening to you, Luke, 
but all I've had when you started this trailer for you said about uh, they've got the opportunity to similar to wolves to ruffle feathers and I've been just wanting to say so we're saying foxes and wolves can ruffle feathers and I need to just like interject with that because I've apparently got no filter. Um, Kim, do you have any sort of thoughts on Leicester, um, whether they can ruffle feathers or not? I kind of agree, but I feel like we're probably better defensively. Maybe a bold statement, but I don't think Leicester have looked... I think last season they looked quite good defensively, but I think this season they definitely look like they could concede compared to us. Now, I think... In Vardy, they're always likely to grab a goal. Um, I suppose in the same way that we are with Raul, but I feel like we can get something at Leicester and I feel like we'll be back in our comfort zone almost. And I think, yes, we played really well today, but I think we've got to remember that it's probably not going to be the same against Leicester um, and we'll probably be happy to nick a 1-0 win. Um, and yeah, play on the break again, I would imagine. But I think if we stick with the same team as today, stick with the win backs, um, then I'm pretty confident that we can probably come away with a, with a win. Okay, well, I, I completely agree with probably sticking with the same starting level as we've done uh, against Crystal Palace. Um, is everyone sort of else in agreement very much? You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, and hopefully, kind of play for the same um, swagger as we did against Palace. Yeah, there's there's no reason to change that now. I mean, it seems like we probably will go back into our comfort zone of defensiveness, but we've got more fluidity on the break now as well. Like we saw tonight, it's back to our best. So. Yeah, it'd be mad unless there's injuries. Obviously, it'd be absolute madness to change that team. I agree. I think uh, it'll be a really tough game the weekend because it will be a chess match. They're going to match up exactly like us: three centre backs, two wing backs. Um, James Justin and Timothy Castagne. I think he's been one of the standouts so far this season. Castagne for Leicester, yeah, three midfield that you've already mentioned: Tielemans, um, Madison, Dennis Prayer. They're all decent midfielders. It's just. I think it will all come down to who has the, who has the better game on the day, Vardy or Raul. Uh, should, we do, should we do some score predictions? So if we start with uh, Luke. Right. Let's be optimistic. 2-1 Wolves. Okay. Uh, Stu? Yeah, we're in a happy place tonight. We said 2-0. 2-0 Wolves. Uh, Kim? I'll go 1-0 Wolves. And Dan? Well, I've just said that we're going to finish nine points in front of them, so we get a, we get a three points advantage on this weekend, and we're going to win three one. Go on the walls. Where's this positivity for me come from, lads? <laughs> I was going to say this is this is, this is a this is a weird turn of events. I, I feel like I'm going to bring things back down to earth. But I... Nelson Samada was going to score the weekend. I can feel it. He's the most fickle bastard I've ever met in my life. <laughs> 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 you lot, just so gassed, beating Palace 2 0 with that midfield that you think we're going to finish top four. <laughs> You're damn right, we are. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel quite bad now because I'm just going to say it's going to be a 0 0 draw. I think, oh, I think that 
such a Tory thing to do, that is. <laughs> that is the most Tory shout I've ever heard on a podcast in all my life. <laughs> I bet you love watching children starve to death in the, the slums of Lowell as you live in your mansion in Codsall. <laughs> I live in Chiffnall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that bit's good. I need to let it. No, well, it's not. Well. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Um, I was going to say, just to confirm, never have, never will vote for them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I, I just think we're going to match. I, I, however much I say that I think Wolves are a better team on paper, I think... But kind of what Dan alluded to in terms of we we are similar, we do match up on paper and formation wise probably, and it's going to be a bit of a, a test of you know who can just about edge it out from you know between each other. I kind of don't see it being you know better than a draw, unfortunately. But th- fingers crossed. Um, we will finish off today's pod by running through Twitter Corner. So thank you to everyone who sent in your uh, questions. Uh, we've had quite a few this week, actually, which is uh, super fun. So um, we will start with, as I said, so are you, worried, are you worried Neves is growing a ponytail? Personally, I don't see him being a ponytail sort of guy. Um, I don't know what you guys think. I've just pictured him having a Steven Seagal type ponytail and it's just <laughs> broke my heart. He just needs to get this goal and get his hair cut. Dude, nothing wrong with Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal's a legend. There's nothing right with him. Killed See, a puppy. He killed a puppy. See, Dan, you need to come on that on a, another podcast called Cage Fighting to uh, debate these options. Um, I think any anyone with that kind of <laughs> with that kind of uh, bouffant hair. Could uh, rock a ponytail quite easily. I'm all in favour of it. I think you should just give her a mully. Okay. Hold on, mully. Bring it back. I reckon if anyone could, it, it could be Neves. Um, set, second one from uh, Dean Marston. Um, how quick after um, moving on to his new new pod did David Evans get kicked out of the WhatsApp group? <laughs> He kicked I, don't know, swift. I, was I was gonna I was say banned and barred from the group at the time that he left. I couldn't even <laughs> say goodbye. I remember sort of Sarah McLaughlin playing in the background in my head anyway. Um uh, let's see, what else have we got? How much do you think Silver learned with his three minutes tonight? We'll let him have a look at that one. <laughs> oh, let's, let's give let's give him a thought. Um I, I guess I'll, I'll I'll sort of round it out, but you know, do, do you think he deserves a little bit more game time, Kim? I mean, I don't think he really got involved, did he? He had like a few minutes. So. I can't even remember him touching the ball, to be honest. No, I don't think he did touch the ball. I mean, I hope he does get um, a few more minutes over the next few games. And I think it's a bit unfair how people are starting to judge him without him literally playing any minutes on the pitch. Um but to be honest, if we continue to play the way we do, I can't see Nuno changing formation and obviously not dropping Raul. Um, and he doesn't really like to take Raul off, does he? So, yeah, it's one of those, isn't it? He's only going to get five, ten minutes here and there. So I kind of feel a bit sorry for him, actually. We could have done with that third goal tonight, so he could have been brought on a lot earlier. Yeah. Even if we're five and up, he still wants to brought Raul off to like the 90-second minute. He loves him. 
Well, Jota, 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 his son's gone now, so maybe Raul's took manager's son role on. True, true. Do you, I think if Silver had a permit, look like Screech out of South Bonfell. <laughs> I think Silver just needs a bit of a run in the under 23s. I think just get just. I mean, he, he won't really playing for the fo- first team in uh, Porto anyway, so it's not really he's gone from one to the to the other on the bench. So I think he just needs to run a games where however he gets it. Really, I mean, Vitini is playing in the under 23, so it's not like oh, he's another player that's we've potentially invested money in that's been dropped down. It's a development at the end of the day, so I don't see any problem with it. Personally, and then give him give him 10, 15 minutes here and there when the opportunity arises. But like Dan said, we don't really score three, do we, for him to uh, come on at that point? And the other situation is you can't you can't play him in the under 23s because because of fickle Wolves fans like you. Like if he doesn't score an hat trick in the under 23s, you'll think he's shit. I mean, you've got to give the kid a chance. He's 35 million. He ain't been brought to like balance accounts to other football clubs. He's been brought in to to impact the squad right now in the future. You need to have a bit of faith. But this is why it's so annoying that we don't try in the League Cup early rounds. Because if we would have tried against Stoke, he could have had a, I don't know, say even if we would have gone another two rounds further, that could have been another 180 minutes under his belt, which he's not going to get now. Yeah, but that's what happens when you put Ruddy in goal. So Very true. So, John Ruddy is halting this Silver <laughs> career. <laughs> so, Silver doesn't go to the top. We will all look back on John Ruddy and say he cost him World Cup medals, uh, Ballon d'Ors, European Golden Boots, all because John Ruddy is shit. Yeah. He, he, he basically, John Ruddy has turned him into the Portuguese Darren Huckabee. <laughs> Darren Will that be a Fabio Silva sliding doors moment? But uh, we'll round off the questions from one from Thomas Kearney, who um, asks us, um, what was the thought process of the first person uh, who had a go at seeing if an egg was something uh, we thought we could eat? Stu, what do you think? You're a man of, uh, you're a man of many thoughts. Um, they'd already polished off the chicken, so there's nothing left. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, (laughs) (laughs) On on that note, we'll wrap up today's podcast. Thank you very much for listening to this week's show. Uh, We'll be back after the Leicester game uh, to cover um, that result. We will probably be bringing a Stories from the Pack episode as well, where uh, Hoops chats with um, a Wolves fan each week to discuss their experiences of following the boys in old golden black. Um, make sure you check out all of our socials so on twitter facebook instagram um and we're now on youtube as well so we've got a couple of great series um that we're at the moment from goodies gta uh to dan's fifa um fifa greet have i got that right or fifa me i'll keep getting wrong myself when i'm doing the show (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I mean I've, I haven't made a mistake doing a podcast so it's completely fine um, but yeah make sure you go check it out because um, we're uh, dropping some really good content on there big thank you to our sponsors um, uh, Pixel Yeti Media go to their website check out some of the great work that they're doing um, and on that note it is goodbye from Stu goodbye have fun everyone it's goodbye from Dan Goodbye, everyone. And to the Pride of South London Fan TV, to their Twitter corner question, sex and travel.
That means fuck off. (laughs) 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 Okay. Can we just say, one absolute twat, Zahar is again. When I... I thought, I thought I could compose myself, but I have to get it out here. I mean, I'll put it on Twitter already, but why does he have to do it every single time? Why can't he just behave? He's still at Palace. He's 27 years old. He went to Man United. He, he won't good enough there. They sent him back. And he's still throwing himself around, and he's being done by kids. I don't know. I, don't, I like Zaha. I think he's a good Probably player. because he should have had a penalty, and he was getting kicked to shit like every other game, Stu. Every and there's, single week. And there's underlying issues with football fans like you that don't like Wilfred Zaha. <laughs> I prefer Jack Grealish to Zaha. That's him, which I don't like him. Zaha is a fantastic player. <laughs> and I would be pissed off if I was getting volleyed all over the pitch every single week. That's why he gets so frustrated and he gets no protection from the referees. Yeah, Three certainties showed... in life. Death, taxes and Wilfred Zaha getting fouled. <laughs> they're gonna, people are going to foul him more because he reacts like that. Just grow up and just take it. Everyone else does. Not really. Kim, thank you very much for joining us on this week's show. Um, once again, fantastic work on raising so much money um, for the well. Um, we'll make sure that we include a, a link um, in the podcast as well. So if any Wolf fans do want to donate, um, you know where to go. But thanks for joining us and thanks for giving your opinions on the game. Really enjoyed it. Thanks, guys. And it's goodbye from Luke. See you later. Happy Halloween, everyone. See you next time, guys.